Hello and welcome to the ETOF21 Sports Podcast for May 27th. How is everyone doing? My name is Eric. I'm the man behind ETOF21 Sports. You can find my work on Twitter at ETOF21, on Instagram at ETOF21 Sports underscore, free daily horse racing picks at ETOF21 Sports underscore horse underscore racing, and for Free fantasy football advice. Yes, fantasy football is right around the corner at Etoff21Sports underscore fantasy. How is everyone doing today? Can we believe June is right around the corner? Can we believe it's Memorial Day weekend? This is kind of like the big kickoff to summer. Um, I may be in Miami for Game 7. That's kind of cool. If the Celtics lose tonight to the Heat, Heat get it done, I'm going to be in uh, Miami. That should be fun. Um, I have a big announcement, but it's not quite yet. Not quite ready yet. Um, I'm working on something. I'm really excited. I got to kind of have the plans in order before I announce it. So I'm working on something big behind the scenes. I'm really excited to announce it to everybody because it's going to be something I'm going to use to take ETOF21 Sports to the next level. Really looking forward to that. Um, great week of streams. I'd like to thank BJ Betty. Bet, Betty, excuse me. Um, me and XFL Jim, we do a stream for BTV where we talk about alternative football leagues. BJ Betty from the X League, former Colorado Buffalo, came on over an hour. Jesus, this guy was money, telling stories, uh, anything from what he puts on his pizza to what it's like playing at Nebraska and at West Virginia to what it's like playing in the X League and how he ended up there. Phenomenal story. Great guy. Make sure you guys kind of check that out. Uh, that can be found at XFL Gym's YouTube page or on the BTV uh, Twitter page, so make sure you find that out. Great stuff. Every day during the NBA, I will be on with uh, Gino and Kyle, breaking down the NBA playoffs, who I'm locking in. Also, make sure you look at my YouTube page. I have been getting some great numbers on these props, and I put them out first thing in the morning that way, so you can see them. Just because since I am putting them out so early, the price moves a lot by the time the live streams drops because we do record at mid-afternoon then just doesn't drop to later in the day so make sure you look for out for that also every sunday brandon and Biho and myself do a one a nascar one for btv no ufc this weekend so there's no ufc show so that's kind of my streaming schedule for the week but yeah you know we you guys are here for the podcast we have a great 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 show today my boy Brandon's going to come on. We're going to talk some NASCAR. Charlotte, he's going to be at Charlotte. Recorded a little bit earlier. There's been one guy we've been looking to fade who's actually on the card this week. So pretty pretty good talk with Brandon about NASCAR. XFL Jim comes on. We tell you the USFL bets to lock in. That's a great segment, too. We, him and I have just been absolutely murdering the USFL. And then Sterling comes on. And him and I kind of talk a little NBA, what these teams need to do in the offseason and everything like that. So yeah, you know, great show. Make sure you check this out and everything. But it wouldn't be a show unless I went on a sports betting rant. It is to the point right now. Guys, I hate to break it to you. Anyone that says 100 unit play, anyone that says 10 unit play, they're fucking full of shit. Or that is $100 to them. Or maybe even $10. Here's the thing. The biggest play I've ever put down is a fucking 5 unit play. And that hardly ever happens. Everything for me is 2 to 3 U. And 1 U. One, excuse me, 1 to 3 U. So I just, it cracks me up where I see these 10-unit plays. Because, guys, anyone that puts a 10-unit or 100-unit play, I'll be straight up with you. They're full of shit. They don't do this full-time. 
This is my life, this betting stuff, and I'm here to help you guys understand betting, how to become a a sports better, how to become a fantasy football player, to talk about sports, because I understand, like, and I don't mean to sound cocky, the way I process stuff, few people process. The way I understand sports, few people understand sports the way I do, and I'm here to help you guys understand sports and to understand betting. And I'm telling you right now, 10-unit plays, 100-unit plays, anyone that says that shit, they're completely full of shit and have no idea what the flying F they are doing. But you guys aren't here to listen to me vent about the stupidity of people on Twitter and Instagram about sports betting. You're here to listen to the podcast. So let's jump right into it. We are actually going to start this week's podcast with Brandon, and we're going to jump into some NASCAR stuff. What's up? We're coming to you a little earlier this week. We're taping this on a Wednesday. You know, we usually tape on a Friday holiday weekend. I'm going to be traveling. Um, Brandon's going to be traveling. So we're going a little early. Stuff may change. This is on a Wednesday night. So if you're listening to this on Friday or Saturday morning, stuff could change. Brandon, how are you doing today, my man? Doing good, man. Ready to get to the track this weekend. See this stuff in person. So I'm going to tell you this right now, just so you can be ultra jealous of me. Okay. Don't tell me you're going to a Boston game. If there is a game seven, Uncle Rico's good friend happens to work for the Miami Heat. So I, Uncle Rico is going to be at good old, good old American Airlines Arena. No, in Miami. No big deal. Whatever. It's not going seven. We're going to win tonight and close out. We are going to win two in a row. Okay. Yeah. Right. Anyway, anyway, right. so you guys are here for NASCAR. You're not. You're not here for we're, this. We're, we're moving on to NASCAR. Um, we have the Charlotte 600, most grueling race, longest race of the year. Why don't you tell us, even though this is an intermediate track, why it plays differently than the other intermediate tracks? Solely because of how long it is. Uh, the strategy changes consistently. I've been going to this track in the infield for probably 15 years now, 16 years, and the cars start, it starts when the sun's going down. It normally doesn't end till 11, 12 o'clock at night. You have guys where their setups are so bad early, and then the car comes and play later. They make adjustments. So you have a lot of time in this race to make major adjustments that you normally can't in a shorter race. It's 600 miles, longest race of the year, longer than the Daytona 500 because it's 600. So we clearly know that. Yeah. But um, it can def- major changes can be made. So I've watched races where a guy will lead the whole race and fall off with 30 laps to go. I was there spraying beer and champagne when Dale Jr. was in turn three, about to win his first Coke 600, ran out of gas. So strategy is huge, and every driver is going to be on a completely different strategy than the next. Yeah. So Um, It's a grueling race. A lot of stuff can happen. I mean, if it's hot there, I'm not sure what the weather is. There's a dehydration, the loss of fluids and everything. Um, so, but it's it's a fun race. There's a lot of opportunities. I mean, Austin Dillon blew up the board. Uh, what was it four or five years ago? Which was which was great. I think. Yeah. I think I had Dillon top five. That I did. I didn't bet him to win. I had him top five, and I was so yeah. pissed off at myself. Um, you know, but this race, you know, I'm just kind of looking at it, and um, you know, we're talking about this off air. And, you know, we're kind of going back and forth. This year, one of the guys we've liked to fade has been Brad Kozlowski. And yes. I, I mean, I I read you off, for those who don't know, Brad Kozlowski, who is a world-class driver, has only led 70 laps this year. 
70 laps out of every single race, 70 laps, which is insanely low. It should be way more than that. Could we both agree on that? And how many of them came from Daytona? 67 came from Daytona. Three were at Las Vegas. He's had two top tens. One Daytona all-star race. He finished ninth. Daytona, he finished third. Um, you know, he with how he's done this year, you kind of want to fade him. But, you know, you just look at historically last four races, one, five, one win, one top five, two top tens, um, four top 20s, obviously best finish first winning the race. Worst finish 19th. Do we get on the Brad train here? I mean, he's trading at 60, 80 to 1 on some shots. So we, we've come on here for years now, and there's some weeks that we can sit here and say, bet this guy. He's a long shot. Bet him. He's got a great opportunity to win this race. I don't feel that way with Brad based off of his recent history this year. But you look at the track history, the numbers speak for themselves. It is a long race, and it is strategy-related. You're getting a veteran driver that's going to have a good feel for the car who has done good strategy at this track. And if you can grab them right now at 80 to one on bet online, then I don't see why you don't touch them at 80 to one. At 80 to one, you have to do Brad because if you put a quarter unit on it, you're winning 20 U. It's yeah. one of those low risk, high rewards that we talk about all the time. Even though historically we've been fading Brad and we've been making money fading Brad with how he's done at this track and this big of a price and him kind of looking a little better in the all-star race. I think this is when we have to trend back and look to get invested in him. Agreed. Also, if you can find him at a good cost for a top five, I would also jump on that as well. Um, I would bet them both. I don't have a problem with that because the ROI is so high. I would definitely bet them both. Um, but yeah, I'm grabbing Brad this week. Um, for those of you that have listened, it, it doesn't sound like a great idea, but you look at the price and you look at the driver history at this track, you can't stay away from them. Now, I've been loving these head-to-heads. Now there's two guys, you know, I wanted to get your opinion, obviously, on fading them. The first one I'm going to look at is Eric Jones. Um, one did not finish best finish here. 11th worth, you know, so, and then other than that, everything's been out of the, out of the top 20. Yeah. I'm not Eric Jones fan here. He has not had good luck at all. There's I mean, I really rate. Like this could be, a, this could be a track where, you know, we looked to we looked to fade Eric Jones. It was really weird because there's a lot of Eric Jones plot props last race. Did you notice yeah, that? I did. So maybe I think Eric Jones. Now, granted, the head to heads aren't up yet on the books, but Eric Jones is going to be somebody that we're going to be looking to fade. Um, another guy looking to fade. He's in the. Oh well, I don't know if he's in because you mentioned it. There's been so many different riders that he may not get in but Kurt Bush I mean just looking at Kurt Bush four races his average finish here is 19.3 he's got one top five two top tens two top 20s worst finish is 38 one did not finish 
I'm I fading mean, Kirk. It's tempting. It's tempting. It, it is tempting, but at the same time, he got his win the other week. So yeah. we go back to he's locked into the playoffs. And well, I say that we already talked about if multiple drivers win more races, but I'm I'm not with it. his track history and just pulling off a win the other week. I think he'll just settle to to try and run well, and you're not going to see a huge change in him. And let's not forget, as you pointed out, he's going through divorce. He's got stuff going on. But I'll tell I you, don't mean to bring personal stuff in no, there. No, but you're right. He's got and, some stuff going on. He already has his win. I mean, I really think like historically, you know, we've been fading other people, but I think this this week, we know we kind of pivot and we looked look to fade Kurt. Yeah, I agree. Eric Jones. Now, granted, Eric Jones, what he'll probably be matched up with like a Cole Custard, someone like that. Um, Kurt Bush. Let's say Kurt Bush is against Austin Dillon. Austin. Yeah. I mean, like, I, I like that's another guy that I do like this week. Um, to your point earlier, dehydration, fatigue, all of that in this race. Austin yeah. D- Dillon is fit. He's young. Like, I like that style driver this week. I'm not sure what his odds are. I think he's either 30 or 40 to one. Yeah. Which I like that. So I, I will sprinkle a little bit over into Austin. He's won the race before. And uh, I think he's built for this style of race. Um, my guy, my, my golden pick for this week, my number one, is absolutely going to be Christopher Bell at, okay. I believe, 25 to one. He might yeah, be higher on that percent. It depends on the book. And I'll be like, this is why, like you and I were looking at books earlier. Like you have one book that has them at like 12, 18. Another book has them at 18. Another book has them at 25. You guys yeah. got to have multiple books. I mean, I have so many books. It's flipping insane how many books I have. So he had a great run his rookie year in 2020. In the in last month, he's had a third, a fourth, and a fifth. Mm-hmm. And I believe he is plus 300 so three to one for a top five so i am riding christopher bell this week at the 600 for sure that, that's my first go-to we talked i'll let you go ahead with your next one. Oh no go ahead with what you're gonna say go ahead so i i like chase here as well i haven't messed with him recently because i try not to go with my heart since i'm a chase fan but he had the momentum he looked good at the all-star race until that wreck he won at uh dover they're starting to really figure that car out. And I feel with him and Gustafson, those guys have figured out how to dial a car in. And when it comes to adjustments, I like Chase. He's low. He's like six or seven to one. But if you're looking to bet one of the actual favorites, I'm grabbing Chase. Now, on one book, this is the this is the head-to-head for Kurt Bush. That is that is that is up. Joey Logano. Against Kurt? Yeah. Joey. Now, something else here. You mentioned you liked Austin Dillon, correct? Yes. He is matched up against a driver whose average finish is 11.3, last four races, two top fives, two top tens, three top 20s. He's led one lap. His best finish is fourth. His worst finish is 24th. He has, he's finished every race. Or do you want to hear his name? I gotta hear his name. You 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 got me. You stumped me. Stenhouse. Really? Yep. 
The last four races, you know. Wreck it, Ricky. Okay. You top five. But, like, that's the thing. Like, you mentioned how it's, like, Ricky's in shape. That's yeah. one thing about Ricky. He is, he is an in-shape dude. And in a race like this, even though it's not, like, a super speedway, it's not restricting plates, whatever, do you think his fitness level improves what he's able to do? Oh, absolutely. For sure. Like, that doesn't – that that is such a big thing. I've watched, and it was during the Xfinity race last season when I was on pit road. Jeffrey Earnhardt got out of his car and fell down. And I personally had to yell to get him an ice pack. And someone threw me an ice pack and I'm sitting there holding an ice pack on Jeffrey Earnhardt's chest. Cause he's, he's dehydrated. Bubba Wallace threw um, Gatorade. Cause he is mad, but Alex Bowman got out of his car, set right down. These, this is a grueling, grueling race. Yeah. Like these guys, every pit stop, they're having a bag of ice, putting their driver's suit and zip back up. Because it's hot. It's supposed to be 68 degrees Sunday. That track temp is going to be out the roof. Okay, so let's put this in perspective. Oh, no, 86. I said 68. 86 degrees. 86 degrees. Um, how hot is it in the car? In car will probably be between 120 to 140 degrees. Now, when they have – how thick is that suit? It's not that thick. Some guys have a cooling system now in some of these suits, but I've heard some in-car audio of some of these tracks or some of these races where the cooling stops. Well, now you've got water sitting in that cooling suit that is not cold anymore. So it's, I, I can't explain because I haven't actually worn a fire suit that these guys are in, but it it's hot. It's really, well, really I guess hot. like, I guess this is my question. Does that compare? I mean, how long will this race take give or take? Start at six, probably get over between 11 and midnight. So like five hours. Mm -hmm. So this would be the same thing of you or I being in a seated position with our hands like this and going like this for five hours in a sauna, in a steam, in a steam room. With yes. the on. Am I wrong? That's probably the closest you can get to it. I've always told people, cause I, I saw a thing years ago. If you take a 50 pound book and hold your arms out, few inches from your chest and every 25 20 seconds do this for five hours mm -hmm. let me know how your arms feel after that i mean it's gonna be insane they're gonna be dripping sweat like it's just i really feel like a, a, a driver like ricky is kind of someone that could make some noise or even a um, even a cindric which brings me to my first pick who now you're gonna think I'm a little nerd for I have different I have spreadsheets, okay? I, I, I kind of grade people, okay, based on like based on where they started, average lap time, okay, and where they finished. Based on my personal stuff, how I rated stuff in intermediate tracks, and I know like you and I talk like this is different. Yeah. Ross Chastain, 14 to 1. I like it. The man's been quick. He had He's to, been he had running to good. Stick at the All Star race, but I like it. And sitting right next to him is Tyler Reddick at like fourteen yeah. to one. And I've been putting those two together. Like I, I don't have a spreadsheet. I'm not good with Excel or any of that stuff, like you are. But Ross Chastain, who's won a couple races, Reddick, who hasn't. Those two guys are hand in hand. 
and Reddick is due for a win. He's been fast all year, competitive all year, had chances to win races, bad luck, got dumped at Bristol dirt, had a blown tire. He's been there every week. Yes. Um, for whatever reason, Vegas is still listing the man anywhere from 12 to 20 to 1. So I, he's going to be on my card. He is definitely going to be on my card. Another person that's going to be on my card. And you know what? You're, you're, you're going to hate it. Here we go. Beho's going to love it. You're going to hate it. But I'm going to do it. I'm going to go Kyle Bush plus 600. I know it. I know he's a little bit of the chalk, but you got to do it. I mean, just look at this. So let me let me talk on this. I know 2017 finished second. 2018. Now this is all at the Coca Cola. 2017 second. 2018 first. 2019 third. 2020 fourth. 2021 third. Yeah. I mean, dude, like no. The man, the man's good at the track, and with me not being a fan of his, it's been frustrating. I have been in victory lane with him when he won his six hundred. Mm-hmm. The man, you can't steer away from him. You can't. So, Kyle Busch at six to one is definitely a solid pick. If you are going to grab him, be careful where you place your money elsewhere because we've talked about it. ROI. Don't throw twenty dollars or two hundred dollars on. Nine different drivers to where if Kyle Busch wins, you've still barely gained a dollar because you dropped them on everybody else. So, I mean, like for me, I think what I'm going to do is I'm going one and a half U on Kyle. I'm going to go probably um, 0.75 U on Chastain. And then I'm going to go half U and I'm going to sound like a broken record. An old Uncle Kevin. Yeah. Well, I mean, he's like, you look at average finish. I mean, he is like one of the better average finish guys here at the track. He is. You know? But again, he's running better. I just feel that he's due. You know what I mean? I agree. And the reason these veterans, like a Kyle, like a Harvick, like a Keselowski, that these guys are good at this track. Major adjustments are going to have to happen to the car. If you guys listen to any in-car audio on the NASCAR app, it's 25 bucks for the whole season, and you listen to any in-car audio from any driver, no driver is going to be happy with their car the entire race. When the sun's starting to set, you're going to have a huge chunk of cars that are so happy, but when the sun goes down and the track temp changes, they're not going to be happy, and vice versa. Guys that aren't happy early – We'll be happy later when the track temp changes. Mm-hmm. It's it's going to be a drastic shift. And I have sat there before I really started honing in on setups and strategy. I've had bets in the infield where my driver's leading the first 30 laps of the race when the sun's out. I'm like, my dude's going to win. I'm going to win some money. Then the second the sun goes down, he's dropping back. So so what? how I interpreted that is live trading is going to be a yes. must here. Live betting will be huge. And I wouldn't touch live betting until after the sun goes down. And so, we'll- like, what are you going to look for? Like, what drive, like, give me a scenario where you're looking for a driver that you're going to look to tackle when the sun goes down. Like, it, the sun's up, 
what are the tell times that you're looking for a driver when the sun goes down to add? Well, I'm looking for a Harvick, a Truex, even a Brad, a Logano, anybody like that that's just running kind of 10th to 19th, that area. In the second, I'm going to start scanning the radio to see what kind of adjustments these guys are going to make. And if you grab somebody like a Logano who's sitting 19th, but you hear him talking about how we want to make this major swing, then I grab him and see how he starts to progress. On live, on live betting, I'm not big on dropping a bunch of money on a guy that's running 19th. It's one of those huge ROIs that you grab somebody that's sitting at 40 to 60 to 1 because they're running 19th at the Coca-Cola 600, 100 laps in and the sun's going down. Now, you mentioned the NASCAR app. Like, do you just have to, like, have it on and you hear everybody? You can have it on scan, but if I'm focusing on betting live, I'm going to look down the leaderboard and try and grab somebody with a name, like a bell, like anybody that we know normally runs well, and hear what they're talking about. If they're just barely off and the crew chief's saying, well, we're going to do this or that, and it's going to be a major improvement, just kind of listening through the talk. It's hard to bet live if you cannot hear what's being discussed. So, like, here's my thing. And now, like, this is where I get into it with people. I want to hear your opinion. Uh, Bell, 12 to 1. Now, how I look at it, like, I'm not going to bet Bell at anything less than 12 to 1. No. Okay. So, no. we agree. We agree. Yeah, absolutely. We agree. Okay. Bell right. hasn't won a race. He's been good. Mm-hmm. But why? But like, dude, I, my whole thing is I don't want to take less no. than what you, you know what I mean? It just doesn't make any sense to me. No, but what I wouldn't mind seeing, because Bell's been running so well, I'd love to see him qualify 24th mm-hmm. and watch that go from 12 to 1 to 30 to 1. And then, and then like to bounce on him. Yep. 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 I like that a lot. So, all right, my man, you know what? Your boys are starting pretty soon. Um, best of luck to you this weekend. Well, you know, safe, safe travels. It should be fun down there. Um, Maybe we can try and go live while I'm down there, kind of give a yeah. give a point of view of what it's like in the infield. Or and, like you can like record some stuff when you bring it on next. Yeah. Show. Um, yeah. Cool. Cool. Uh, Brandon, why don't you tell everyone where they can find you on social media? Boston Boy 83, Twitch, Twitter, Instagram. Give me a follow, guys. I'd love to have you. I race wow, my man. shortly. Best of luck this weekend. Enjoy. You know the pictures I'm looking for. Wink, wink. We'll <laughs> talk soon, my friend. Guys, that was Brandon. Make sure you give him a follow at Boston Boy 83 on Twitter and Instagram. Great guy. Knows his NASCAR stuff. Does the iRacing. He's friends with NASCAR drivers. When it comes to people that know NASCAR, I don't really think anyone knows more than Brandon does. I'm lucky to call him a friend, and he comes on every week. He'll gladly answer any questions. Plus, he's really good at building DFS lineups. So feel free to hit him up with a question. Give him a follow at BostonBoy83 on Twitter and Instagram. Now, let's shift our attention to the USFL, and let's do a little USFL talk with my boy, XFL Jim. Hello, hello, hello. How is everyone doing? My boy, XFL Jim, aka X League Jim. We had a little, we had a dude, we had a great X League talk with our new BFF BJ Betty this uh, this Wednesday. You guys should go definitely go check that out if you're listening to us. Jim, how are you doing today, my man? I'm doing great. And that reminded me, I need to change it back to USFL Jim. 
because it's USFL time right now. God, that was a good interview, though. That was a phenomenal interview. Before we jump into this week, I just wanted to pull something up here. I just want to kind of give you a friendly reminder of something, okay? just want okay. to give you a friendly reminder of this right here. Are you reminding the people right now? I'm reminding the people right now. Let's just let's just take a listen. We got the under plus five and the money line. Yeah, I'll take the money line on that. I need I need the win here because I don't know where another one might come. So let's do this. The Maulers win. We're gonna order some Maulers gear. Okay. Okay. So I I, I need to ask you, dude. Have you ordered any Maulers gear yet, my friend? I have a hat coming. I, because you know what, I have it down to two, and I want to, I want to get your opinion. This is option one. That's not bad because their colors on their jerseys are hideous. Yeah, that is a very palatable purple and orange. All right, now we're gonna go here. Now this one, we we got some choices here. I think I'm gonna go with this one, but I wanted your opinion. I like that one better. I like the white. Yeah. I mean, this design, you know. That's not bad either. That's that's very old school. I like that. But I, I kind of just like the old school football feel of this bad boy right here. I do. That's very like old high school football state championship sort of thing. I like that. You know, I, I, think, I think that's going to be my shirt that I'm going to be rocking for the Maulers. Um, yeah, dude, that was a great call. Um, these games... A, they're fun as hell. Especially, like, weeks five and six have been awesome. Mm -hmm. We're starting to see, though, you know, we'll pull up the lines right now from Bet Online. Um, we're starting to see these totals creep up just a little bit more, you know. Um, you know, we're seeing some – they're all above 40 with the Stars. The Stars one has actually been juiced up to 44. I know it's 43 down at some other shops. Um, but you know, we're gonna go from bet online. We're gonna I can tell you from the jump, this is not gonna deter me. I have been burned so many times by picking unders, this will not deter me in the slightest. But see, that's the thing, like I feel the offenses are just clicking right now, and there's no real defensive studs. There's a few, but they're all on like the defensive line, and with the way these receivers, especially on certain teams, are kind of getting better and better. Um, you're just going to see more passing week, like in these later weeks. Okay. All right. So first thing I need to ask you is we're going to the generals and we got the bandits line sitting at four, the over under of 42 and a half. Um, I know which way am I I'm leaning. Which, which way are you leaning my friend? So it doesn't look like Deandre Johnson's playing in this game. It looks like it's going to be Lewis Perez. If not the whole way through, Maybe they'll sprinkle in some Kyle Laletta because they just picked him up from the Maulers. But it looks like it's going to be a full Lewis Perez game, or at least a majority Perez game. I'm expecting more passing yards. I'm on the over, and I'm of the opinion that the Tampa Bay Bandits aren't that great. They just beat bad teams. I'm on the Generals minus four. Oh, we have a we have our first disagreement. Ooh, of the week. off the bat. Off the bat, Uncle Jim and Uncle Rico are fighting. I'm going to take the bandits here. I totally agree with you 100% on the over here. Um, I don't think either defense is going to be able to stop the offensive attack. I just – you're just higher on um, – Perez? Perez, the YouTube sensation than I am. I am. I, just, I am I am unabashedly 
and blindly a Perez fan. That will probably get me into hot water this week, but I'm still going to ride him. And I, okay. I'm going to ride him and this New Jersey. Like, If Jersey gets a lead, I don't see how Tampa's stopping that run game. Even without Johnson in there, they still have two of the best backs in the league. Now, it doesn't deter you with how much the general struggled against the um, the Gamblers last week? The Gamblers get lucky getting turnovers, and like DeAndre Johnson getting injured was a weird thing. Yeah, I'm not too worried about it. I still think when they step on the field, Cavante Turpin's the best player on that field. Receiver okay. for the Generals. He's just going to be electric. And with someone like Luis Perez, who's going to be passing it more, I think this Generals team could be pretty dangerous still. Okay. All right. So I am on the Bandits plus the four and the over 42 and a half. Mm-hmm. Jim is on the Generals minus the four and the over 42 and a half. Now we're going to the Shane Patterson Revenge Bowl. The Breakers against the Panthers, you know, this number's dipped down a little bit. It opened up at six. It's down to five and a half on bet online. Over under here of 42. I'm guessing you're going to be on the over, but which side are you going to be taking here? I'm on the over for sure. It really depends. Is uh, is Kyle Sloter starting? Are we going to get any Shea Patterson? It looks like I saw some rumblings. It looks like we might get a Paxton Lynch sighting for the Panthers. I saw that on Twitter. Somebody... Old Uncle Jim over there posted uh, Paxton Lynch is on the active roster. Now, so, he looked good a couple games ago. So He did, but they also, they weren't playing in what I, like, the New Orleans Breakers have one of the better defensive lines, in my opinion, as well. Mm-hmm. I'm probably taking the, I'm the but, minus five and a half. Okay. You know, call, call me a sucker. Call me a sucker for freaking, for Paxton Lynch. But uh, I'm going to take the Panthers plus the points here. I'm going to shop around see if I can get a six. But I'm definitely going to be on the um, on the Panthers here. And I agree with you on the over. So two disagreements to start, my friend. I'm going to be 100% honest with you. I am very scared for myself this week because I am I'm think I'm going all chalk. But I on might, the bright side, the Mauler's, go got, Mauler's got a win. So you don't have to eat cat food. Yeah, I'm very happy about that. We couldn't come on last week to talk about that. But I'm so happy I don't have to eat cat food. Um. Now, we're to – can I call the Pittsburgh Maulers America's team yet? I think so. I mean, you know, just the little engine that could. Great win two weeks ago. They're getting 11 here at the Stallions. I mean, don't get me wrong. Birmingham by far is the best team in the whole USFL, but is this just uh, too many points? 11 points is insane. But the crazy thing is, I think they can do it. Jeez, are we going to have disagreements all across the I think they can do it. But I want to take the Mullers here so bad. Do it. Come on. You know you want to do it. You know you want to do it. You know. You you know. Give me me the Stallions. I can't. I can't. You know you want to be like Christina Aguilera. Get a little dirty. Take the Maulers here. I can't. I can't justify it. Give me the Stallions minus 11 and the over 41. Uh, you know what? I hate to do it. Oh, my God. Look at this. See, here's the thing why we need to shop. Now, granted, you know, we're doing stuff on Bet Online. I'm looking at another book right now. It's at 12 and a half for the Mullers. I guess. My oh, question, yeah. I guess my question to you is what's your buying number for the Mullers? Versus the Maulers? 
Not yet. If you're going to be on the Mullers, what number would you need for you to be invested in the Mullers? Would you need a 14? Would you need a 15? 14. 14? Okay. I'm seeing a 12 and a half here at a different book. And you know what? I'm I'm definitely going to be on them. I, I, I like... I like the Maulers here. Don't get me wrong. I, I like the Stallions, but... I think the Stallions can win by like 17 points. Really, dude? Yeah. Jesus, dude. We're going to have to find some bush light for next week's episode because one of us... We're just going to spend drink. the whole time chugging, yeah. yeah. Um, The last one. Now, just to review, I I am on the Maulers. Jim is on the Stallions here. Um, Next one. We're going with the... Philadelphia Stars laying three and a half against the Houston Gamblers. And we're definitely going to be on the over. We talk every week how bad this Stars defense is. It's really, I mean, I get so someone, you know, we're starting to get fans, Jim. You and I, Uncle Jim and Uncle Rico, starting to get some fans. Someone asked me, at what number do we look to go to the under on Stars games? Probably the high 40s, once they start to get up to, like, the 48s, 49s, that's when I start dipping out. Like, once it gets to the 46, 47, maybe even 45, I'll be, like, hesitant. But once it starts getting closer to 50, that's when I'm probably going to start having to, like, question. But, like, we know that the Stars will score, and their defense isn't good, so we'll know the other team. So, like, if the other team has any pulse on offense, it's going to go over. So 44, you're still going to take the... Uh... I am taking the over. Okay, okay. Um, Now we get to the gamblers here. God damn it, dude. What is this? 28 weeks in a row they've lost, <laughs> they've lost on the final possession. They're getting... Six weeks with... Uh, so six weeks, six first half, six halftime leads, one and five record. I mean... I have a rule. Is it well? First of all, what what's your play here? Gamblers plus three and a half. You got it. see. I have a play, and it's something I always do. I after a team loses on the last play of the game, I always take them the next week. If they win on the last play of the game, I fade them the following week. I don't think the gamblers win, but they just play super close games, and they'll lose. Like I think, if I want to be kind of fun with it, I might take a. Um, stars and uh, what was the first game? Bandits and generals. I might take a generals stars money line parlay. What about a gamblers, maulers, panthers, bandits parlay that pays 118 to one? A gamblers, panthers, maulers, bandits, bandits. all underdogs. If you like the dogs. Go for it. I might just take a favorite money line parlay too, like a favorite in every game. I mean, that's. I mean, come on, man. You can do you can do a round robin. Man, I mean, I may get dirty this week. I kind of like all the dogs. You like all the chalk. I like all the. Dogs. I like all the chalk, but I like I like the gamblers to cover. I'm just feeling very. Chalky oh, okay. My bad. My bad. My bad. So yeah, I like the gamblers to cover, but I like the stars to win. All right. So let's just review these for the people and then we're going to get into jim's power rankings for the week um game one jim has the generals minus four yep and the over 42 and a half 
I am betting the Bandits plus the four. I'm not uh, – and the over 42 and a half. I'm not going to take the money line. Next game on Saturday, Jim is going to take the over 42 mm-hmm. and the Breakers laying five and a half. That's a tough, sh- this was a tough one. This was a very tough one for me to pick. But, yeah, I'm taking the five and a half. In the Shea Patterson Bowl, I am going to take the – Panthers. I'm going to shop around, see if I can get a six. See if I can get a six on the market. I think I can find a six in the market. I'll be taking the Panthers at the best number possible. Um, This one, Jim's going to be on the over 41 and the Stallions minus 11. I am going to be on the Maulers plus the 11. I'll probably not going to play an over under here just because I I don't know, man. It's the Maulers, dude. You know, it's that great just 11, 10 offensive linemen, one quarterback offense they run. So, um, and the last game, Jim and I are both going to be on the Gamblers plus the three and a half. I'm going to take the Gamblers money line and we're going to be on the over 44 and a half. Um, I also wanted to bring this up real quick. We have some USL, US, sorry, USFL futures. The one that kind of stood out to me and I want to get your opinion is there any value on the stars plus 600? With that lack of defense, it's hard to really get behind them. What? Six to one isn't a bad number, though. I'd rather see it at like seven, seven fifty. What about? Okay, I like the so... generals. I like the generals at plus two sixty. Because like with how the with how the playoffs are lined up, who would the stallions play in the first round? Stallions are playing the breakers. Okay, so, so it's the Stallions and the Breakers, the Generals and the Stars, as it lines up right now. So, the the Generals will probably be what four point favorites against the Stars. I would say something like that. So four points favorites against the Stars. Say they get that done. Say the Stallions get it done. The Stallions go on to face the Generals. We're gonna get plus money on the Generals there, but long term, we'll probably get a better number if we take the future. That's what I'm thinking. Okay. That's my mindset behind there. I think the Generals have a better chance against the Stars than the Stallions do against the Breakers. Um, So I just think, like, you're not going to get – either the Generals are going to be favored or they're not going to be as juicy of a money line in the finals. So you're kind of, like, playing with that. Okay. Okay. The Breakers, it sucks because, like, if you didn't get them preseason, you're kind of boned because I think preseason they were 7-1. to Yeah, preseason they were a huge number at seven to one. Um, but I agree with you. I think, I think the Stallions like once we get to Canton, I think they're not going to have any wheels because of that home crowd. Um, what about the Bandits here? Any value on the on these like? There's definitely so they're in the same spot with the Stars, but the only issue is they have it's it's basically between the Bandits and the the Breakers. It's between those two of who's going from the South, okay. and. Like, I just, I don't trust the Bandits to be able to beat the Breakers consistently. Because the Stallions, if the Stallions win this week, they're locked in. So, it's all between, it's whether or not, like, do you think the Breakers make it, or do you think the Bandits make it? That's, That's the real decision. Now, who do the, do you know off the top of your head who the Stallions play next week? I'm pulling it right now. Are you talking about week eight? 
week eight, they play the Breakers. So what you're saying is if they beat the Maulers this week and they're favored by 11, they'd be hosting the Breakers. That Would that be a good time? To, do you think they get their first loss? I could see it, but also, like, the Breakers are also in a weird position where they're playing hurt. So I, I – if I'm pegging the Stallions to get any loss, it'd probably be a – I'm still on that weird week nine thing where I think they might lose to the Gamblers. That'd be awesome, dude. Because you know, Uncle Rico loves his dogs, man. Uncle Rico loves his dogs like no other. Um, so now let's get into your power rankings. Um, and I really think you know we have them basically the same. Number the only one, difference I see in people is like I have a rotation on my bottom three that kind of changes week to week. Yeah, everything I mean, else stays pretty consistent. Yeah, I mean, there's definitely tiers. I mean, who do you have as eight this week? Eight this week is the Maulers. They are my number eight team. Okay. And seven? It is the Panthers. Um, they they put up a good first half. They looked pretty good. I put these rankings into my body and my mind before Shea Patterson got moved. Mm-hmm. I still think it doesn't matter much, um, especially if they start Lynch. I think he, he looked a little bit better. So I still have them at eight. Okay. I mean, and it's then, seven. And then s- s- six? It's the Gamblers. They, they almost beat the second best team in the entire league one. And you could argue the generals have been looking better than the yeah, Stallions the these past couple great. weeks. The generals have been looking awesome. And the gamblers took it to them. Mm-hmm. Now there's a lot of turnover luck with that, but. And still. that second half, that was such a funky second half. Like, I don't even remember. Their I actually take still that back. Good. My first oh. time playing um, college football online. I had no idea what I was doing. And I was playing this guy who just, First play of the game, just freaking just took it to me. And then I was Georgia Tech with the old wishbone offense. And I milked the whole rest of the first half, just grinding down the clock. And I had probably a 13-year-old yelling me over (laughs) over the, uh, you know what what I mean? Back in the day, like you could talk trash. Yeah, just completely milk the clock, fullback dive. The pitch. I don't think I passed the ball, dude. It was, it was a majestic seven to seven game going into the half. Um, I ended up losing twenty one to fourteen, but that's another story. Um, so one, you're going stallions, two generals. Yeah, one stallions, two generals, three breakers, four bandit, uh, four stars, five bandits. Okay, uh, and if you were to tell the people out of all the bets, like you mentioned. What is, if you were to rank in confidence, what would be your bet of the week? Bet of the week going in. It can be a total. It can be, you know, a it's, size. I'm going to just, I'm going to stick with, with Old Faithful right now. It's the over in the Stars game. I don't care who they're playing. <laughs> okay. Over 44 in the Stars Gamblers is my lock of the week. Okay. All right. All right. Well, Jim, you know, I want to thank you for coming on, talking a little, uh, USFL, you know, we've been hot, you know, Uncle Jim. It's been, it's been a great season. Uncle Jim, Uncle Rico providing you guys some winners. Hopefully you stay on the money train with us. For those of you that don't know, every Thursday night, uh, Jim and I, we have a show that comes out on the BTV feed called Spring Fever. And we talk about the USFL. We talk about the CFL. CFL we talk about the Fan Control League. But we've really been talking about the X League lately. Um, we had a great guest this past week. Great interview. Um, yep. BJ Beatty, 
ex-league legend. Uh, honey on pizza kind of caught me a little bit off guard. I've never done that before. That might be a Japanese thing. That might be a thing over there. You know, I've never really caught that before. That kind of caught me off guard. But it's a you know great interview. Make sure you check that out. And uh, we have a phenomenal guest lined up for this week's episode. Um, I'm gonna give you guys a hint. MVP. That's all I'm gonna say. I'm just gonna say MVP. You guys are gonna have to tune in. But Jim, you know, you have your cooking show tonight. What else? What, why don't you tell everybody else what what else you have planned? I got my USFL recaps. I have an XFL news update show coming soon. And with more XFL news, that means Investigator Jim's coming back out, which are always super fun videos where I deep dive into a league, kind of like expose all the secrets that they don't want you to know. I've done Ooh. so far, I did the truth about the XFL, what they're going on right now, the truth about Major League Football. Who's up? Next, maybe uh, maybe some CFL. Maybe the truth about the CFL and this lockout and what's going on. I do have to – you mentioned the CFL. You are the football guru, and I need to bring this up. Who am I betting right now in the future market? We got the Bombers 3-1, to one, Rough Riders 4.5-1, to one, the Tiger Cats 5-1, to one, the Argonauts 5-1, to one, Stampede 6.5-1, to one, um, Montreal 8-1, to one, BC 12-1, to one, the Elks 16 to run or Ottawa 18 to one. But uh, give me the Ty Cats five to one. I think they dropped their quarterback controversy. They don't lose a lot. They made the, the Grey Cup last year. They're a really good team. Winnipeg's also really good. It's like three to one. Like they're the favorites for a reason. They don't lose very much either. And they, they're kind of coming back for what they're going to attempt to three peat. I think they could do it. I think Winnipeg probably is the favorite for a reason, but I think. For the value, I like the tie Cats. I like them too, man. I like them too. Jim, thanks for coming on. Make sure you guys check us out um, every Thursday night. Make sure you check out Jim's cooking show. Make sure you check out all the contact, plus the gymnasium. Every Sunday. Every Sunday. Make sure you check that out. Jim, I will talk to you soon, my friend. Guys, make sure you're giving Jim a follow at XFL Jim on Twitch, Twitter, TikTok, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, the whole nine yards. He is slowly morphing into a great friend and him and I have a lot of content coming out. So make sure you give him a follow. Now, I'd like to bring on my boy Sterling to talk a little NBA. What is up, people? He is back to talk NBA this time. Usually Sterling talks a little NFL, but you know, He's an NBA fan. He's got the old school T-Mac Orlando jersey rocking. Sterling, how are you doing this lovely holiday weekend? I'm doing awesome, man. My Orlando Magic owned the number one pick in the NBA draft coming up. Um, we're getting to the NBA finals. Uh, NFL is starting back up soon, so it's a great time. It's a great so time. So let's – you mentioned the Magic um, winning the winning the lotto and everything. Um who do you feel that they should take as the one pick? So I got to dive in a bit deeper into each of the top three prospects, but right now I'm leaning towards Jabari Smith Jr. Uh, yeah. 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 I, I agree with you a hundred percent. I, I mean, I think in terms of ceiling, I think he's got the highest one. I think, I think so. And I think he just fits with our, our core the best. Yeah. Yeah. I think he's got the highest ceiling by far. Um, you know, we're recording this on Friday afternoon. The Mavs were eliminated last night. Um, they're kind of inter- entering a um, interesting offseason and everything. What uh, 
what do you feel about about the Mavs? Although they lost um, in five, I think the Mavs fans have to be pretty proud of how this team's turned themselves around. Uh, Jason Kidd was a great hire. He's completely transformed that defensive system. Now it's about getting Luka that second star. And I think it's going to be pretty difficult to get one. Uh, there's a lot of options they can go this offseason, but it's pretty crucial offseason for Mavs. Now they have Jalen Brunson's contract. They they elected not to redo Brunson's contract. If they re-sign Brunson, they're going over the luxury catch by fifty million dollars. Do you think Brunson stays? Do you think it goes? Like what what do you think they end up doing with Brunson? Brunson's a super interesting case for me because I don't know how much he's worth on an open market. Um, so that's definitely gonna be an interesting situation to monitor. Do you have an idea of how much you would pay him? All I know is there's a certain team that has cap space that it has notoriously history, a notorious history, excuse me, for overpaying for marginal NBA players. And that's the New York Knicks. So I don't know, you know, I don't, I don't know what's going to go on, but I think the Knicks could overpay for him. I really think the, the thing that worries me about the Mavs is one is the first thing is, I feel they could fall into the same trap that the um, Atlanta Hawks did just because both teams, you know, were like a four or five seed. They embarrassed the top seed in game seven. Then they lost in the conference finals. And all the talk from the Hawks this year was just how tough it was to get up for every single regular season game. And then it cost them. They had to play the playing tournament. They didn't get in. Um, do you feel the Mavs could fall into that same rut that the Hawks did this season? Oh, absolutely. Um, that was a great parallel, um, especially with how good the West can be next year. Say the Clippers are back healthy. If Jamal Murray and Michael uh, Porter Jr. come back healthy for the Nuggets, um, the Lakers actually do something and are healthy. It could be – it's a wild West. And so I think this offseason in particular is pretty critical for the Mavericks. Um, one person that I've seen them linked to that I would really love they got is Miles Turner. I think the Pacers are going to be selling, um, rebuilding. So I think that's a great person to um, inquire about, and he'd be a great fit for them. That led me into my next question because I feel they need a 6'11 uh, rim protector that doesn't get lost in pick-and-roll defense, and I was trying to think of somebody. That's Miles Turner right there. Yeah, uh, Maxi Kleber, he, he did well in spurts, but he can only take you so far. I yeah, think having he, a true Keebler down interior presence. Keebler like Elf, I call him Keebler Elf. <laughs> he's he's not it, my man. Like He's, he's, not, just, he's not. He's not it. Turner's, Turner's a good get because that's kind of what they need. Um, I heard a little bit of a rumor too, but that's a teaser because we're going to get to that later in the show because okay. it has to do with the last topic we're going to talk about. Um. I think Luca's kind of at an interesting part of his career. I think he's at a part of his career where he can go on the LeBron and Giannis path, or he can go on the James Harden path. And what do I mean by that? If you truly want to be great, you got to eat right, take proper care of your body, work out. That's what Giannis and LeBron did. And we saw those guys are morphing like LeBron's considered one of the greatest ever. Giannis is on the path to being one of the greatest ever. You have Harden, and let's face it, with what Harden did in five years, seven years, 
you know, people are going to forget about him. What uh, what path do you think Luca is going to go up, go beyond? It's hard to say because Luca has all the talent in the world to be an all time great. I'm interested to see what they do with this roster because I think a couple more years of not really competing in this Western Conference, I think Luca's not going to have the mental fortitude to want to eat right, to want to keep his body up. So I think just seeing what the Mavericks do this offseason will say a lot about what how Luca enters next season. And now let's you talked about, you know, treating your body right, doing your body right and everything. Now let me bring this up. There is one person who I'm not the biggest fan of. And he tweeted this out. Miami needs another star. And then look what's right underneath it. Embiid photoshopped with Jimmy Butler. A, do we re- how much do we need to read into that tweet? I think Joel Embiid knew exactly what he was doing as soon as he sent that tweet. He had to have known. Um, I just don't see a world where Daryl Morey lets that happen. Um, but but man, this, this, is my, this is my counter to that. We're in the, like, players are demanding where they want to go all the time. Like, could we see Embiid's like, look, I want to go to Miami because here, this is my thought. There's different type of people, you know, they're self-motivating. I look at Giannis. I look at LeBron. I feel they're self-motivating that they can get there without having someone push him. I feel with Embiid, he needs someone to push him. And that if Embiid wants to go down as one of the greats and win a title, which he was talking about at the end of the last season, I feel Miami is a place to go because Miami to get on the court. I didn't, I don't know if you know this, there's certain physical tests you have to pass. If you don't pass those tests, you ain't playing. Mm-hmm. And I think Spolstra will force him to be accountable, force him to get in shape and will take him to his game to a level. It's it five times above where it is right now. What do you yeah. think of that? I think it would definitely be a match made in heaven for Joel Embiid. If you look at his press conferences, uh, end of season press conferences the past few years, he definitely seems jaded. Um, He's not enjoying his time in Philadelphia. He's put his body on the line. Um, They haven't surrounded him with the right pieces. I think he's ready to go mentally, and that's going to be a scary proposition over the next few years and something to monitor. I, I think Miami would be the perfect place. We'll just have to see how the parts around him move. Um, If you look at his comments, just praising Jimmy Butler, you can tell that he misses him. So that'll be something to monitor. And that's the funny thing. Like, I don't know if you remember this, but when Butler hurt his elbow, they sent him out of the building. They literally sent him out of the building, didn't allow him to rehab in the building because of how utterly annoying they found him. And Butler's a pain in the ass, but like most good people are, you have to deal with the pain in the asses if you want. You know what I mean? Like nobody nice tends to be good, if that makes sense. Yeah. Um, now, looking at the 76ers, you mentioned them. What do you feel they need to do this offseason? I think if you look at their roster, they need consistent shooters. Um, one of the moves that they did that I hated personally was getting rid of Seth Curry because I think Seth Curry played so well off of Joel Embiid from the dribble drive handoffs to pick and rolls, 
I think they need more consistent shooters like that. If you look at their roster, Tobias Harris isn't really a shooter. Matisse Thibel isn't really a shooter. Maxie is a good player, but he's not necessarily a shooter like that. Um, so they definitely need more consistent shooting around them. Um, and then guys that can play defense but also stay on the floor. Matisse Thibel, he was unplayable in the playoffs with how much of a liability he was on offense. What do they do with Harden? <laughs> That's not an enviable position to be in. Um, I'm afraid they're going to give him a max contract that they're going to be paying him into when he's th- year 37. Um, but that's just not a recipe for success. That's going to hamstring or handicap your franchise for years to come. Now, don't get me wrong. You know, he's. James Harden used to be good, but like, I just don't feel you can win with him anymore. Like what? And if they give them to them, you know, they, how can I say this? That's going to be the worst contract in the history of the NBA, I feel. Oh, you're not going to win with a core of James Harden, Tobias Harris, and Joel Embiid, especially declining James Harden. Now, real quick, I just, you know, I just, you know, gotta, gotta pull this up, man. You know, I'm an old fart. You're a young guy and everything, man. You know, you're a young, you're a young hip lad. Would you ever be dancing like this in the club, dude? Just look at him, dude. Just feeling it, man. You know, at the club. Would, would that, would you ever do anything like that? Oh my gosh. I haven't even seen that video. <laughs> I mean, like, like, I can't even, like, what, like, I don't even know what move that is, dude. That kind of looks like the, the old man on the dance floor at the wedding. You know what I mean? And then he sees like the cameras on him and he gets a little pissed off. Like, and that he just didn't put in the work and he's going to be forgotten about. And I hate to me to say this because I I really liked Harden. When I saw Harden play for the Rockets, kidding aside, making fun of him dancing. um, He was the fastest guy I saw with the ball. And I've seen Irving. I've seen... Um, LeBron, Paul, Curry, he was the fastest one step, but he didn't take care of his body. And since he didn't take care of his body, all of that is gone. Yeah, you're completely right. James Harden had some of the fastest acceleration, deceleration, and that's what made him so good because he could get to whatever spot he wanted on the floor in, in Houston. But no one ever held him accountable like we were talking about. Uh, and it's starting to show up as he's getting into his later years and he's not able to get to those spots anymore. So let's let's put your GM hat on. What so if you you're Maury, do you do you, do you call the Rockets and say, hey, do you want Harden back? I don't think Harden would go back for Wall. I mean, you really, I mean, like, just off the top of your head, can you name one team that would trade for James Harden? No, um, no. I think what's gonna happen, or if I was in the GM chair, I'd give Harden like a two year sixty, two year sixty. Uh, that's still not ideal, but I think that's what they're going to have to do. Because I so wouldn't. You think they resign Harden? Now you got Harden. You got Maxi who's a young player. You got Embiid. You got Harris. Do they look to move Harris? Like what? Like because this this roster needs something. It really does need a shakeup. I think you're going to have to get rid of assets to gain assets. Uh, what I mean by that is Tobias Harris, his contract is not necessarily looked at as viable across the league. So you're going to have to attach a pick to that one. Uh, 
James Harden is not doing himself any favors. And I don't, I think most people realize he's not the James Harden of old right now. So you're not going to get a, a star back for him either. It's just, it's just crazy. Like I just looking at the landscape of the 76ers and don't get me wrong. Like I wish, you know, they, they were better. I'm not a big Embiid guy, but I just don't know with that trade of Harden, I don't know what they're going to do. Like, I understand you got somebody there to replace Simmons who wasn't even playing. But when you look at it right now, long-term, I think the Nets are in a better position than the 76ers are after that trade. Absolutely. What do you think about Doc Rivers too? I think he sucks. I think he's the most overhyped coach in the world. Um, he's blown multiple 3-1 leads, and I've never seen a coach get more legs off of one championship. Honestly. Mm-hmm. And now you can read, you know what? What's the saying? Don't shoot the messenger. Now I know he's got a house in LA. Okay, I know he's got a house in LA, but he met with the 76ers front office and then went out to LA. Was that an exit interview or is that like, hey, I'm meeting with you guys. I'm going to go to L.A. I'm going to talk to everybody because he's been rumored to the Lakers job. If you're LeBron James, and I think I think Ham from the Bucks should get it. I would rather want Ham than Doc Rivers. But if you're LeBron, do you want Ham, who's a rookie coach, or do you want Rivers that's been there and done that if you're if you're LeBron? Yeah, I think LeBron is going to fall in love with the Doc Rivers name. Um, but I think that would be a terrible, terrible hire. Like you said, um, I think a rookie coach like Darvin Ham would be great for them. Or even if you're going with a veteran coach, I honestly think Terry Stotts would be a better um, solution than Doc Rivers right now. I mean, I just think that <laughs> multiple 3-1 leads – you have a press conference after you're up 3-0 against the Raptors and you already start justifying all the 3-1 leads you've blown in the past and the facts you're blurting out aren't yeah. even true. The assist- <laughs> insistence to play Andre Drummond, the failure to make adjustments. I think um, <clears throat> Doc Rivers, yeah, just time and time again, we've seen he's not the coach he once was. Yeah, and I think I think, I think the Celtics were lucky to get one title with him. I'm sorry. I think they were lucky to get one title with them. Um, you know, before we transition, you know, we're going to actually let's let's transition to one of the disappointments. And I'll say it utter disappointment um, before the playoffs started. Everyone had this team in the finals. The Phoenix Suns. Yeah, if I'm a Phoenix Suns fan, I don't know how you go out game seven, your home floor. And you're down, what was it, 30 points at halftime yep. or something like that? Luca has as much as your entire team. Like, that's playing with no pride, no sense of urgency. I'd just be disgusted because after all the the mess they were talking to all these different teams and, ah, yeah. Right. So this is my issue. Now, hear me out because you know, you and I talk all the time. You know I have some crazy theories. Theory number one. They messed up by not giving Aiton the rookie extension. Him not getting the extension, they messed that up. He was upset. He was pissed. That's number one. Number two, they needed another wing. 
that was evident. They needed another wing store, someone to take the pressure off Booker when Paul couldn't get his. Who was available all season? Eric Gordon. Why didn't they make a play for Eric Gordon? Because we need to remember, they had Dario Saric's $8 million contract just sitting there. And it was going against the books. So they were paying $8 million to somebody that wasn't there. Why didn't they look to move that contract and add an Eric Gordon or another wing type player, someone to take the burden off? And number two, I'll say it. I think Monty Williams deserves a little bit of the blame. The Dallas Mavericks have zero, absolutely zero inside, inside rebounding, inside presence, rim protection. Why weren't you running more pick and rolls with Aiden? Why weren't you doing more post up for Aiden's? Why were you so centric on having Booker and Paul do the pick and roll? Why weren't you taking advantage of your matchup inside? Those are my three things. What say you? Yeah, for sure. Um, I think if if you didn't know anything about basketball and you just looked at the Suns versus the Mavericks and their lineups, it would be clear to see Aiton should really be dominating this game. And Aiton played well in his minutes. I, I don't understand them not running the offense through him. I think there's definitely more organizationally that they don't. They're definitely reluctant to pay Aiton. Um, I think a team like the Portland Trailblazers or the Detroit Pistons are going to throw him a max contract. And I honestly don't know if the Phoenix Suns are going to match it. Um, I think they definitely, like you said, they need a secondary ball handler. I think they saw Cameron Payne's success last year and hoped he would be that guy again this year. Um, but it seemed like it was lightning in a bottle for him because he was practically unplayable. Um, I got one thing for you. I saw a potential trade option. It was Clint Capella and Bogdan Bogdanovich going to the Suns for DeAndre Ayton. What do you think about I that? I think that's too much. Mm. Do, don't, don't you? or No, I think it is, but I think it was a good hypothetical deal, though. I mean, I think it's there. a little bit too much for – I mean, don't get me wrong. If you're a Suns fan, I think that's, I think that's a great deal. However, if you are a, um, a whatchamacallit, you know, it doesn't, yeah, Hawks fan, yeah. a Hawks fan, it doesn't, you know, it doesn't make sense. Um, I am trying to pull up the trade machine here. So I'm going to pull this up right here. So look at, you could have, you could have sent, um, so it's an eight million. He has eighteen. Would you have sent Sarich? Um, they would want expiring contracts. So I th- I throw in Tory. I wonder if this one would work. What do you think? Would this trade work? Let's see. Continue. Congratulations on a successful trade. You know, if you're the Suns. You get rid of these two. I mean, Craig was a non-factor. Sarich is hurt. You bring in Gordon. Why didn't they do a trade like this? I think they really got complacent as a team. They just expected, like, the success to come, but weren't willing to work for it. Okay. Okay. Um, I think the thing they need to do before – because, like, we don't know – we don't know what's going on with A.N. We don't know if Paul's going to retire. If I'm 
the Suns management. And like, let's be for straight up, the Suns owner has a history of not wanting to go over the luxury tax. You have to go in and you have to sit down Booker and just be like, look, what do you want to do? Do you want us to keep Aiden? Do you want us to move on from Aiden? If you move us on from Aiden, what do you like? What do you want to do? And, you know, I, and then after that, then you have to have the Chris Paul talk with him because if he really wants Paul there and they elect to move on, what's going to say Booker? Cause like we need to, re- we forget Booker wasn't, he was good, but he wasn't where he is now before Chris Paul got there. What's your thoughts on Nate and like, how good do you think he is? Do you, would you give him the max extension? No. Mm-hmm. I don't think he's going to reach his potential with that Suns team. I just don't think they use him well enough. Um, and I think his potential is ceiling's higher on a different team. My, my, my thing with him is this. I don't know if you remember they were played when he was at Arizona, they played. Um, oh my God. Who they played? They played Buffalo in the first round of the tournament. And it was almost like, I don't want to say he didn't care, but it was almost like he didn't care his team lost. And that really rubbed me the wrong way long-term. And I just, I don't know. Like you got to, I question his work ethic a little bit. I question, you know, how much is his desire? Um, And I don't know, like maybe if he does go to the Pistons, he would, as you mentioned, you know, be willing to go to, you know what I mean? To take his game to the next level because Casey is such a good developmental coach. But am I crazy to think like I kind of want to keep Isaiah Stewart? No, it's not a wild take. He'll probably be a fraction of the cost too. You know, I kind of like Stewart. I think eight, I don't know. I don't know. It's going to be interesting to kind of see like what happens with that and what the, what the Suns elect to do. And let's like point Blake. Do you think Chris Paul's going to win another title? I think this was his best shot he'll ever get. I mean, uh, sad to see. Um, just with all the allegations of him being a playoff choker and all this, and for him to lay all those goose eggs in the, yeah. It was just sad to see, you know, because I, I really don't think uh, no. all the hard decisions are happening this offseason for the Suns. Now, one of the big surprise teams of the whole NBA was the Memphis Grizzlies. Um, where, what, what do you think of them moving forward? And what do you think their offseason needs to look like? Do they need to bring in a veteran presence? Or do they just keep continue to growing with the young core they have? And what that my last my my other thought with them is, am I crazy to think we could see Joshua Jackson, Josh Jack, sorry Jackson, make a step to an All Star level quality player in this this year? Uh, my thoughts on the Grizzlies. I'll just read you some of my notes. So I don't think they need to shake up this young core too much. <laughs> Perhaps a, a veteran presence would help. I don't know exactly which veteran they should sign, but one of the things on the first on the agenda, I think they should re-sign Trey Jones. I love how he plays, provides defense, some leadership, um, can hit the three ball, and is just a very solid backup point guard to have. But my other things about the Grizzlies, they're mainly like individual things. So I think Jaron Jackson, he so many times he would just not stay down, just keep your hands up. 
people learn that from AAU ball. Just just stay tall, you know, like just put your hands up. Don't swat at the ball, you know. So many times he would get himself into foul trouble. And so if he can just learn some discipline, I think he can stay in games and be a bigger factor. Um, Dylan Brooks, very good player, but his shot selection at times was just like they need to uh, – Taylor Jenkins needs to rein that in a little bit and just not give him as much of a green light. And then I think Ja, um, you saw once he had that jump shot going against the Warriors, he was virtually unstoppable. So I think there's another level for him to go, um, improving that three-point shot, adding more floaters. He doesn't always need to be going at the rim and falling on the floor. Um, I think he can add a, a bag of floaters, and I think those are some action points for the Grizzlies this offseason. Do you think the Grizzlies can do you think they're on the path of the Bucks where they like win a playoff series next year, make it to the conference final, and then eventually win it? Or do you think they're on the path as we talked about, like like the Hawks this year, a team that just overachieved and then is done? They're interesting because I always feel like they'll play above their means. Like, if you look at their roster, they shouldn't theoretically be where they are right now. But they play with so much heart and play together that I think they're on the right trajectory, and I don't think you need to shake up too many things for them. It will just be interesting to see how they develop um, this offseason. Yeah, I just hope they don't rest on their laurels and appreciate the success that they had. You know what? That's my one fear is that they actually do rest on their stuff and that they, you know, just that that's – that's my one thing that that that's what happens. And that's what I'm a little, a little worried about. Um, next, next year, next team, we need to talk about my second favorite team. Cause that my Pistons are my first favorite team, the Milwaukee Bucks. What tell, tell me your initial thought of the Bucks. So my biggest notes for the Bucks is they need a winning veteran, uh, similar to how they had a guy like P.J. Tucker last year to really get in there and do the dirty work. Um, a guy that I think that they should look at is Nicholas Batum. Um, he's just a winning veteran that can do a multiple different roles on the team. Um, another thing is they definitely need another ball handler. Um, it was evident uh, that Chris Middleton would have helped and they forced Drew Holiday to do some of the stuff that Drew Holiday necessarily isn't comfortable with. So if they just had another guy that can create his own shot and weren't insisting on playing like George Hill instead of like Javon Carter, I think they would have been in a much better spot. But I th- I think they shouldn't panic too much. They have one of the greatest players of all time. Um, but, yeah, there's definitely some key pieces that they need to fill on their roster. My thing is this, is I agree with you 100%. Like – them going after, you know, them playing is just insane. I, I cannot stress enough playing Hill over um, Carter was just a mistake to me. But that's the one thing. Sometimes Bud gets in these little things, you know what I mean, where he's like, okay, you know, we're going we're gonna to do this. We're going to do – you know what I mean? It's just – it doesn't make sense what he tries to do. And it just, you know, kind of, I don't know. I don't know. At the end of the day, I, 
I'm not a big fan of playing Carter. No, excuse me, playing Hill over Carter. And then some of the um some of the um rotational stuff that he did. There is a huge rumor going on. And I'm telling you, man, if this happens, I'm gonna be doing backflips. Okay, you ready for this rumor? Yeah, lay it on me. DeAndre Hunter to the Bucks. DeAndre Hunter to the Bucks. I would be doing a backflip if this is able to be pulled off. Think about that, dude. You got Holiday, Hunter, Middleton, Giannis, and Porter. That's your five to close a game. Yeah, the switchability on that team would be insane. Oh, gosh. I mean, like, am, am I crazy to think that's, like, in, like that's the move they need to make. They need to get rid of Grayson Allen. Grayson Allen can't guard shit. I think they need to take, keep Connington. Um, I think they need to, this, this hurts to say it because I have one of his jerseys. I think they need to get rid of Splash Mountain. What 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 do you think? Do you think um Yeah, I think Giannis is perfectly fine as a five. So what 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 do you need Splash Mountain for? Dude, what you know what? I am gonna let let's let's have a little fun here with this with this trade machine, okay? You ready to have a little fun with the trade machine, my friend? Let's do it. All right, so we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna pull up the trade machine here, okay? Um I need to figure out how to pull up the trade machine. You're going to have to give me a little. All right. So we're going to pull up the trade machine here. All right. So let, let's see if we let's see if we can hoard all this together. So we're going to go team one. Let's put the Bucks as team one. Team two, we're going to put as the Hawks. Um, where is to add team three? Team three, we're going to put in the Phoenix Suns. Okay, so this is a, the, the, these are our three teams. Okay, I'm excited to see what you're concocting here. And so we're gonna have Aiton go to the Hawks. Okay, we're gonna have, as you said, Capella go to the Suns. Bogey go to the Suns. Um, we're gonna have. DeAndre, go to the Bucks. We will have. Um, see, this is where it gets tricky because the Bucks really don't have any of their. They, with how how it works, they really don't have any um, any of their picks. They obviously have to put a pick in here. Let's just try this hypothetical trade. See if it works, dude. I mean, the Bucks add Hunter, who's going to help. The Hawks add another shooter with Grayson Allen, get in with DeAndre Ayton. Now they have an Ayton, Trey Young. Suns get another dependable wing scorer and a center. That is fine just doing the pick and roll and rebounding with Capella. I mean, I think this trade, I mean, obviously there'll have to be like some picks and everything thrown in. I think this trade actually makes a lot of sense. Yeah, I think the Suns would have to give up a pick for sure. But I think long term, that's what every or 
that's what everyone would like, you know. I mean, the Bucks would have to get a little creative just because they have so many picks that went with the holiday trade and everything. They'd have to get a little, a little creative with how everything breaks down. Um, now, my next question to you is: Did you watch the end of Game Seven with the with the Bucks, um, with the Bucks and? Um, the Celtics. I actually didn't get a chance to. All right. So at the end of the game, Giannis sat down and Mike Bray, who was, you know, doing the announcing and everything. And I love Bray. I think he does a great job. He made this statement saying, look at Giannis, how tired he was. I took it as look at Giannis. Look how pissed off he is. I think this guy hates losing more than people realize. And I think he's going to sit down with management. He's like, guys, we need to be better. We need to get stuff going in the right direction. And I think he, this, this is a type of move. It's going to, he's going to command just because when I looked at him, I got such a Kobe Bryant vibe from him, like just pissed off. Yeah. One thing I did see, I didn't get a chance to watch the game, but I did see some highlights. He just looks spent. He was, He's a winning player. He's going to use every ounce of his body to try to win a title. Um, and I think he's going to be the type of superstar that goes in and is like, hey, we need to get get this ship going, moving in the right direction, like you said, you just said. So now the one of the, one of the big things is Kyrie Irving. It was kind of announced that Irving hasn't oh before i get excuse me before i do that do you think that the um do you think that the challenges they make you stronger whoa our mission at liberty is to whoa i don't know what was happening there my friend some liberty mutual i don't know what was happening there we have some technical difficulties going on here uh can you hear me my friend i can hear you now yeah, I don't know what that was. Um, I'm getting a little crazy here on the uh, on the old um, the old uh, pick machine here. So may, maybe that was it. Maybe I got a little too crazy on the pick machine. So I apologize for that, everybody. Do you feel that the Bucks can get back to it and win another title? I think so. I, there's no clear cut contender in the East. I mean, Boston had a great season. Um, the heat will still be there, but there's no reason to say they can't be or improve and be better than any of those teams next year. So East is wide open. Um, okay. All right. Um, now let's move on to the big news. Kyrie Irving isn't in the, it doesn't sound like the nets because they want to sign him to a long-term deal and now it's rumored that Durant is upset and hasn't talked to the team. Do you feel this is going to hurt Durant moving forward, staying with the Nets? Um, I actually haven't heard this report. Could you fill me in a little bit more? So is Durant, he's just not talking to the team? Durant has not talked to the team at all. Oh, okay. Durant has not talked to the team at all. The marks feels that Irving isn't dependable enough to saw, to sign a line alive a long term contract. Now, if I'm going into a playoff series and I want to win a playoff series, tell me if I'm crazy with this thought. 
I would have more confidence. Now, I'm not saying like these players are anywhere near as good as Kyrie is, but I would have more confidence in my team going into a playoff series if I had Drew Holiday, Marcus Smart, or Kyle Lowry as my point guard just because they're more dependable than Kyrie Irving. That's not a crazy thought at all. And especially when you think about Kyrie Irving and just who he is as a person, I don't think he's going to be playing basketball for too much longer. I could easily see him being like, you know what? This is not worth it. Let me just fade off into the sun. I'm going to retire at 33. Yeah. Now, one of the, now, now let's shift to the Durant aspect. One of the big rumors, and he's always been linked to this team. Now, Durant, like, hasn't talked to him because he wants to play with Kyrie. And I think this is my, this is me. I think Durant has realized, hey, I effed up. I shouldn't have left Golden State. I should have stayed at Golden State. I need to partner up with someone. I need to partner up with somebody that can win, someone that's younger than me, someone that's a ball handler, someone that creates his own shot, someone that's a great passer. Boom. Wow, you think so? You think that's a, that would shake well, up the NBA world? I mean, like, granted, there'd be more picks, more players. Yeah, yeah, no, I no. just kind of effed around with it to get the salaries matched up. But am I crazy to think if I'm Mark Cuban and Luca's like, hey, I need another player, I need another star to try to get Kevin Durant? No, that'd be interesting. That would shake up the NBA world. That would be the I mean, most deadly that, offensive duo I've ever. That played. would be a phenomenal twosome going going with it. I mean, I think Durant has realized, hey, I messed up. I should have stayed at Golden State, and I think he's trying to figure out what's his next move. Is and I don't want to say to save face, but to kind of you know what I mean, mm-hmm. save face. Um. So yeah, do you think? So I guess my question is, if we don't see Durant in the Nets uniform next year, what team could you see him playing for? And the same thing with Kyrie. Kyrie, I feel like, like I said, I I honestly just have always gotten that vibe that he'll retire early and, like, that will be it. Um, Durant, Dallas would make a ton of sense if he were to leave. I think – I'm trying to think of any other options. I mean, Um, there's really, like – it's kind of the same thing. There's no, you know what I mean? There's no real quote unquote option where you can trade him to. You know what I'm saying? Unless. Like, Cause at first, my first thought was Washington because like him going back home, but then there's nothing there for him to win a title. So. Um, I mean, there's no, you know what I mean? There's nothing really that makes sense. You know, I I just because I, when you just kind of sit back, you know, I mean, look, I even tried. I, I just tried this one. I mean, this would be great. Irving for Westbrook straight up, you know, but that one failed. Um, I don't know. You know what I mean? With going with Irving with with Durant, I think with Durant, it's more like what places he thinks he can win a title in. Yeah. Obviously Miami would take him, but are you going to trade him to Miami? You know, and if, if, if so, like what, if you were Miami, what would you give up for Kevin Durant? 
Oh, I'd give up a ton. You're telling me Jimmy Butler and Kevin Durant, that duo, that duo would be. Um... All, right. All right, so let's build it here. You know, you got 40 mil. I mean, are you throwing Bam in? I'm assuming they're going to want to take Bam to get KD, yeah. Okay, so let's throw Bam in. I mean, Lowry's going to be gone. They're not going to want Dunk. Jesus, look at that, dude. Oh, gosh, yeah. Um, okay, so after we do this, I'm going to have to tell you a story about him. So just remember that. Um, <laughs> so let's throw in Hero. We're at 37. We need an extra $7 million. We need to throw in Strew. I mean, they just have all these... I got Dwayne Wade. Jesus, still getting paid. Um, I mean, you'd have to throw in Struess, throw in Gabe Vincent, throw in Caleb Martin. I mean, you know, incoming forty-four million. I mean, this could work. You'd probably have to throw in some picks too. Yeah, so would you – so Bam, Martin, Vincent, Struess, and Hero, plus probably some picks for Durant. Does that get it done? I'd get – that gets it done for Miami for sure. Um, I mean, and then Miami's Miami just has Durant and whatchamacallit going at it. I, mean, I think those two are such – they just care about winning – right now in their mm-hmm. stages of their career that I think that'd be a great duo. I think um, that'd be a, I think that'd be a phenomenal duel. I think that duel could easily easily win win some titles. Um now, you know, the big thing is we got, you know, game 7 tonight. Oh, sorry, game 6, hopefully a game 7. Um the last thing I want to ask you three questions. Who's winning tonight, Celtics or Heat? Uh Celtics won a close one. All right. Uh playoffs then. No, sorry. Title. Who do you have winning and who's going to be the MVP? Warriors in six. Curry finally gets it done. Finals MVP. Warriors in six. Curry finally gets it done. I'm going to say Heat win tonight. Celtics win game seven. MVP. You know, I'm going to go Wiggins, man. Really? Okay. Because here's the thing. Now, I love playing what if. What if the what 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 if David Lee? David Lee got hurt. David Lee gets hurt. Draymond comes in. Draymond was drafted only for his defense. Draymond comes in. They realize, hey, we have this guy who can get a rebound and facilitate the office. We get Clay and Steph to buy in, playing off the ball, not bringing the ball up, and constantly be cutting. What happens if David Lee doesn't get hurt? Are the Warriors in four finals in six years? No, and I think that's the beauty of basketball because sports, one thing happens, and a whole new world opens up, literally. And to piggyback my Wiggins comment, Durant leaving to go to um, Brooklyn saved Andrew Wiggins' career. Mm, yeah, it did. Because look at him, dude. There's a huge deal in my eyes being the best player on the team averaging 25 to being the best defender, an NBA all-star, playing in the NBA championship, team's best defender. 
You know, I what think I mean? that'd be one of the greatest redemption arcs I've ever seen. From well, it just kind of shows you like the player development of the Heat. It's just absolutely insane, absolutely positively insane. Sterling, I'd like to thank you for taking time out of your day. Um, why don't you tell everybody where they can find you on social media? Okay. Um, Instagram is really the only one I'm actively on, and actively I say that loosely because I haven't been posting too much. But I just started a new job, starting to get into it. Um, once I get settled there with all the content coming up of the NFL season, that I'll start posting again. But it's Silver Star Sports on Instagram, Silver Star, and then there's an underscore in there, and then sports. Um, I'll try to start making my way back to posting again. And also, I'll be on this podcast from time to time if Eric will have me. Uh, awesome. So, yeah, just follow, just follow me there. You you are more than welcome anytime, my man. Um, and you know I love you, but, dude, you really got to pick up your Twitter game. <laughs> your Twitter yeah. game, you know, you, I love you. You're my boy, but – your Twitter yeah, game is not the best. My Twitter game is non-existent. Now. <laughs> so hopefully we can get that going. I hope you, you have a good holiday weekend, and uh, we'll talk soon, my friend. Yeah, thank you for having me. It was fun as always. I'd like to thank Sterling for coming on. Sterling has been a guest on this podcast forever. Make sure you give Sterling a follow at Silver Star Sports. Stand-up dude, great dude, knows his stuff. Make sure you give him a follow. That's it for the podcast this week, guys. Thanks for tuning in. Like, subscribe on iTunes and Spotify. Leave a review if you can. Also, make sure you to please follow me on TikTok at etoff21sports, uh, Instagram at etoff21sports underscore, and Twitter at etoff21. Also, I have that YouTube channel, daily YouTube videos, giving out free picks, and also all the videos from the guests that come on the podcast. Make sure you to check that out. Thanks for tuning in. Have a good and safe holiday weekend. Let's make some money. Until next week, boys and girls.